0: Mustache Tales. Yeah! I'm not sure what year this was, but um, I got a call from my television agent, and he said there is a new show uh, on HBO. It's called Entourage, and it's about, um, you know, some guys uh, trying to make it in show business. And they moved to L.A., and they're like, they want to meet you to talk about maybe directing an episode. And I was on Sunset Boulevard at the time. I remember that and I'm like, all right, send it over so they they send over the the um the script, uh, I believe, for the pilot first and then they sent the pilot and I and I watched a pilot and I was so up my own ass that I was like, because I was going through a like a smaller version of it myself. I went to Sundance. I saw the movie. I had a you know I had a different track, and I'm like, "This is not quite exactly what it what it really is like." That's what I said <laughs> to my agent, and he goes, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's not. It's just they don't they haven't quite nailed it in my view." Uh, and he goes, "He goes, but you're gonna go go take the meeting, right?" I'm like, "All right, sure." So I go in and I meet. Uh, it's Doug Allen, right? And uh uh is it Rob Whites? Steve Levinson was probably Steve Levinson, there. yeah. Right. And I go over, I believe, to HBO and I walk in and I couldn't have been I mean, and I'm I, I couldn't have been kinda of ruder. I was just like, look, look guys, let me tell you something. I said, I well, I saw the movie at Sunday. It's not really like and I and I go through the whole fucking thing and, and for the first and probably only time in my life, I am just fucking dead honest about my opinion about this not being quite right. Uh, and they're looking at me like, the fuck is going on here? What kind of fucking interview for a job is this? And and I leave it and I was like, my agent calls me, he goes, how'd it go? I'm like, ah, probably not good, probably not good. And And he goes, yeah. Yeah. They, they didn't offer it to you. I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't care. It's not going to last. Uh, and then I keep hearing about the show from everybody in fucking town. And I'm like, no, 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 I saw it. It's not, no, 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 no. And so then I watch one and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I watch a second one. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. And then I watch the third one. And I'm like, oh yeah. And then it becomes my favorite show on television. And I am now obsessed with the fucking show. And then I keep meeting people from the show Entourage, like Kevin and Emmanuel Shrieky. And I'm like, can you tell those guys um, that I was an asshole and dead wrong and that they shouldn't hire me as punishment, but just tell them the biggest fucking fan of their show. And it taught me this lesson, which is, uh, pilots are incredibly hard and you know, and they get close. And the the truth is, I've rewatched the pilot. I'm like, that's actually pretty right. It, it, you get close, but if you know, as you get went through two, three, four, five, six, the show can really take off. Like the Arrested Development pilot, I didn't love it. Uh, I was a little friendlier about it, but um, uh, eventually it became this incredible show. And so it, it taught me the lesson, which is, you know, settle down, motherfucker, settle down. <laughs> well, you know,
1: Jay, I got to be honest. I heard that story like right after it happened, like day of or whenever the meeting was. And, um, yeah, 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 that was a story that made the rounds, for sure, uh, internally. And, and I feel like it could have gone
2: either way, though. Couldn't it have been there, an attractive quality?
1: Well, we we're, were talking about it weeks later, and maybe, you know, when pop the story would come up periodically after that. Um. But Jay, to your point, I I agree. I mean, the, the hardest thing is always the pilot, because you're going, who are these people? It's um the pilot is always going to be, a, a, I guess, a little bit, uh, you know. It, for example, in the pilot, you know, one of the the fam- are we allowed to curse on this podcast? If, if, if I'm quoting, yeah, uh, yeah, a line. Sure. Okay, so um you know, Piven, uh, me and Piven, uh, Ian, Ari are at at Coy. And uh, Ari says, uh, you know, ask me who I'm fucking. And I'm like, I don't know, Mrs. Ari? And he's name's like some Russian model, right? And as it turns out, Ari was like more of a family man that didn't Uh cheat on his wife and was really... Uh But in the pilot, we were still trying to figure out who everybody was. So, you know, uh, pilots are always tricky, man. It's rarely... Maybe The Sopranos is something that I would say, or The Walking Dead, there's a handful. But usually, the pilot is the worst episode
2: it usually is
0: it usually right. is. i
1: describe
2: i describe it like if if i was having dinner with you guys and i'm like you got to meet my friend phil you'll 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 love phil and you kind of get him teed up but the first time you meet phil you're not going to like him cuz you don't know where he's coming from you don't know his point of view you don't know what he's thinking you don't know right. his idiosyncrasies but you know, the ninth or tenth time you hang out with Phil, you're like, oh, that's such a Phil, Phil. thing. You know, he total, smells his fingers like Phil. that. That's hilarious. It's a total
1: Philism. It's a total Philism. <laughs> but it takes a while to
2: get hip to that stuff and what you're trying to do with the show. I mean, you know, especially now, I feel like there's such, such a shorter leash on programming that if it's not working or at least you know when there were network shows if it weren't working in like seven or eight episodes people got scared
0: but that show did start working quickly that that show did i'm talking about the ones <laughs> i've done Jen. well okay. i'm saying but
1: i've i've done i've done uh network multi-cameras that were you know in the genre as good as they were going to be right and and yeah. you're on that cusp but c- come episode three or four of if there's a any kind of a dip between episode two and three, they'll yank you, they'll yank you right off the air. One of the benefits to HBO was, you knew that they were gonna give you a season. And and in fact, like the quiet line was, uh, HBO usually gives um, comedies at least the second season. So um, obviously that landscape has changed. It's much different than network TV. But in, in those days, you know, also like big movie stars weren't doing TV. Right. It was right. still a little bit like, oh, I'm not doing a TV show now. Right. You know, right. when you look at how that's changed.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, think now to have something even set up or sold, you have to pretty much have almost the entire series mapped out. And packaged. And, right. And packaged. Just as much and, as and you can bring to the table, and, right? It was an idea here, are you know, the five characters, and here's what the first story's about. You could maybe run from there and find it as you go. And now it's a novel you got to come in with.
1: They want that David Simon Bible.
2: Oh, is that what he did? He, he
0: created like a big huge.
1: Oh, I thing I, for the I believe Wire. that David Simon when he did The Wire came in with a, like a Bible that is uh legendary at HBO. And you know, when they handed the Bible to Doug, Doug was like, "Guys, forget it's literally not possible.
0: I could never ever ever do this." It was the whole show beat for beat. Uh-huh. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just sold a golf television show to to Amazon, and it's about a public golf course. Uh, and you know, we we did a sizzle reel, and we you know, like the did, you know, sort of told a little bit of the story. And now, um, I guess I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm outlining it. Is that against the WGA? Uh, I, I probably is, uh, but you know. Uh, I mean, is private. it
1: to be sitting in your house?
0: I mean, Quietly. Not, not I'm not turning anything in. Right. I'm not turning anything in. But I'm you're like, thinking- I'm going over the thing we pitched and I'm like, yeah, we're not doing that. I mean, we're going we're to do it a little different than that. We're going to make it actually a little cooler and a little more specific and a little more detailed. But you pitch these sort of bright line kind of ideas and then they buy it and you're like, okay, yeah, but you know, come on, we all know we're, we're never going to do that um right
2: uh yeah and then you gotta ride the horse in the direction it's going once you start getting in there right like yeah some tertiary character could become really fun to
0: stick with yeah um anyway i don't know it's fun it's exciting we're, we're lucky to be in this business not right what now did, you mentioned speaking. the strike
2: jay what <laughs> yeah what do you think kev you got thoughts on what's going on in the, the strikes that are pending and do you have any I mean, I mean, I optimism I guess or pessimism? I, I, I
1: don't I, I don't know that it's uh, optimistic. I, I think it was uh necessary and was going to happen eventually, right? Uh, the timing of it, you know, just coming off of the pandemic and everything. Obviously it's not good timing, but I just think it was a matter of a, matter of time before uh, you know, the streamers. You know, I, I don't I don't know that AI is is that big of a problem yet. I could be wrong, um, but it will be. Right, so figure while they're striking now, let's just get out and address all the issues so that AI isn't a problem down the road. Because AI is we're working in the space a little bit and it's pretty disturbing,
2: dude. Have you played around with it?
1: Yeah, well, we, um, because we do uh, the Victory podcast of me, Doug Allen, and, and Kevin Dillon, and uh, Veritone AI cloned our voices. So right. we can essentially launch a, the podcast in <laughs> 10 languages in one day,
2: yeah. It could do your voices speaking other languages. You name
1: it, and and not only that, <laughs> it could they it could be regional, right? So, you know, my 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 wife is Colombian, and I sent her the clip of me speaking Spanish, and and she was, she said, my my jaw is on the, I cannot believe what what I just heard, and then she called me. She said, "You're a Spaniard." I was like, "What does that mean?" I don't. Know, I didn't mean. She's like from Spain. I was like, "How do you know where we're from?" She said, "Kevin, it's a Spanish dialect." I'm like, "You don't." <laughs> so I was like, wow. "Oh," and then, so I called the AI company. I was like, "They said, yeah, we don't. We just randomly chose that, but <laughs> we can do regional. We can do any region. You can do, you know, sort of. You want You want, You want us to change you to a Colombian?" I was like, "Well, maybe since my wife and my daughter is half Colombian," um, but I mean, I'm talking about you know uh, you know my, uh, my our editor um, is french and uh, he's trying to edit the spanish he's just kind of limping through it and he said man i wish i could i wish i this would be a lot easier for me in french so i called the ai company and i'm like what's the turnaround on it on Fran- on french and she's like they said 30 hours we could we could All do right. it and then once you do it so currently we're uh, three different languages we're we're german french and Spanish, but you can do you know Mandarin, and and you can do any any language under the sun. It's been and long. that's all
2: done in in post production. Like you record the the stuff live, and then it runs it through a translator.
1: We had to give them um, three hours of clean audio, which might sound easy, but it's not. You know, we we're like to try to get Kevin Dillon in front of a microphone to talk for to to get three hours of him clean was. We got lucky, we caught him on a press junket and we recorded this audio where it was just him in the room. So it was a lot of work and then the computer has to learn your voice and then it can just spit it out in any language it wants.
0: And what, what do you say, clean audio, like what does he, does he have to say like specific words that are built that they can create other they words are, out
1: of? They are looking for words, but what they just need is a ton of information. As much as, much, as, much as you can give them Um, And then the machine starts to learn, which is, I think, the thing that scares everybody about AI, right? So it's now what we've fed into the machine. It's now learning from that. The more we put in, it just learns, learns, learns. So it's
0: pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, And so why, I mean, I think I know, but why those countries? Why those languages? Well,
1: this is what I I said to them. I said, guys, if I know uh, initially um, you're the, you know, the, it feels like the no-brainer is to, to, to translate it to Spanish. But what you guys should really do is look where, what countries and territories entourage was the biggest in and yeah. you, you might be surprised. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Uh, so we gotta, we should, we're, you know, we're kind of really trying to do the research to figure out where we would want to try to, <laughs> it's crazy, sell ads, I guess. But if there's an audience there and people are listening to it, then why not try
0: to monetize on it? That's incredible. So,
2: it's incredible the translation thing is incredible its ability to generate new stuff too i mean it it, you could type in give me a scene with these characters doing this from this show and if the show has a a known tone it would it it can already do this replicate it i I was playing around with it the other day i said "Write, write a scene between a vietnam veteran and a lost cat and it gave me a a a three-page scene uh, a beginning middle and end in dialogue with action descriptions of what happened. So if you can do it in the tone of a show or even a language, how about I think this? it's an important strike.
1: I could <laughs> type into chat, uh, GPT or whatever it is, write me a five minute opening for Victory, the podcast with the three of us. And then I could take that transcript and do a podcast without anybody walking into the room. <laughs> I could then create Doug Dylan's, and my voice and 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 we could air a podcast from Chat GPT without ever, ever, ever turning on a microphone. Which is <laughs> just, just nuts. Yeah. I'm 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 playing around with that one. It's like a little <laughs> it's a little bit frightening. Oh, but here was my my last point. So um this company, uh, which is Veritone AI, uh we started working with them probably five or six months ago, and just in the last six months, it's different, you know, like the technology yeah. is that much better six months later. So in a year from now, who knows?
0: Yeah, we wrote a script. Broken Lizard wrote a script for Warner Brothers, which was intended to be for Will Ferrell, where he plays the head of a tech company. This was in 2000, I think. Uh, when did we make Dukes? 2005. Yeah, it's something like 2005, 2006. And the premise of the of the um, you know the ingen- the genius invention that he came up with initially was he was going to put. Uh, internet all over the world. Like that was his thing. And we were like, that's not possible uh, uh, because we were trying to think of something incredible. And they were like, you know what, we, let's make it where you speak in English and it comes out in Spanish through a little machine. They are like, well, that's not possible. And then here we are, you know, that yeah. script is dead now, obviously.
1: Oh, and, and it's that's the other thing, it's it's already here, right? So it's not like, wow, where is this going? It's here now, it's happening now. So it's it's pretty wild. So it's something that's gotta be put in check.
2: When I asked chat GPT, what the main issues of the strike were, it did not reference itself as a potential issue. Right.
0: So Interesting. these safeguards in
2: <laughs> well, there. See, that's good.
1: Well, it's smart enough to know not to. Uh...
2: <laughs>
0: not to rat on itself. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's funny. How's the golf game, Kevin? The
1: golf game is, I listen, everybody that, that does that, lives in terrible weather, is going to hate us. But the weather hasn't been great here in L.A. And, Jay, you and I play at a, on, a, on a mountain course, and when the weather's bad there, I went out one yeah. time, and I was, like, up to my knees and, you know, in mud. mud. Uh, they're like, oh, you got to skip this hole. I'm like, skip, we're skipping holes? Like, so it's really, <laughs> it just wasn't worth it. So I came back, but I got to, uh, we went out to the Derek Jeter uh, Invitational in the Bahamas last weekend, and it was amazing. Me and yeah. uh, Jerry and Kevin Dillon went and played, and it was, it was unreal. That was That was golf um yeah but it was incredible he's got, but yeah i
2: still stick he's got a charity thing that he does there
1: oh yeah he's been doing it for years but um he usually does it in, in tampa and then they they moved to to vegas and this year they did it in the bahamas so i think everybody lined up to uh jump on that one but it was great
0: it was great so i, I
1: to answer your question I'm, I got, i've been re uh i've been once again bitten by the golf bug so i'm out there still hacking it about- up.
0: Because you, you and I were playing quite a bit and then you're like, I'm about to have a kid. Uh, and then you had the kid. And then it was like, you just poof thin air. Like I never saw you again. <laughs> that that <laughs> happens.
1: Yeah. That does happen. You know? Um, yeah, listen, <laughs> you know, right. I like to, you know, I have, I have my mornings and it's like either golf or, you know, I take I we go out on a, go out on a walk. Uh, most mornings, my daughter and I, so, you know, these are are our good years. There'll be plenty, hopefully plenty of time to play golf, but, uh, just trying to spend as much time with my family as possible.
2: Well. I think your instincts are right on, Kev. You know these these beings when they come into the world are vulnerable. You need to take care of them and be there.
1: It's got to be there.
2: (laughs) You got to be there, don't.
1: She's talking and we're talking to each other. We don't know what we're saying. Nobody knows what anybody's talking about. Yeah, But the lines of communication are definitely open. My buddy was
2: saying like 18, I love playing golf. 18 holes is a lot though, right? When you've got all this stuff to do, like 12, nine, perfect. 18, I mean. I'll go out there super early in the morning. And then
1: after the ninth hole, like I just can feel my phone like doing weird things in the golf bag. I'm like I probably should dip out of here, you know.
0: Sure. Um, but yeah, 18 holes a long time. My problem is I've been starting at four and I play nine and I'm like, eh, I'm just gonna snack on ten and just you know I'll get one more in and then it's it's I'm rolling up 18 and it's dark uh, right. and the the cart guy's like, really again again (laughs) right 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 (laughs) no yeah but that that, that's
1: mainly it's nine holes and it's 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 harder to get good at golf because golf is is an 18 hole sport and that's part of it you know so you got to try to play 18 once in a
2: while are you having strong opinions on the live tour and the way so Kepka wins he dips back into a major and it feels like everyone's forgotten that this was this huge controversy and all the golfers there was a schism in the golf world and and then the guy comes back, and it feels like old days, and they're all congratulating each other again, even though it's a I mean, a total when, you're t- when you're
1: talking about other. that kind of money, you're talking about generational altering money, right? And you know, who you know, for some of these guys, if if they cho- felt that it was worth that, and and let's face it, you're still allowed to play in the big ones. I know. Care? I mean, I, the, I, yeah. I, it's almost again. I'm also not a golf purist. I I didn't start playing golf till COVID, so um. I I can understand how the purists could have a problem with it, but to me, it's like, I don't know, they offered that guy how much? Okay, who could blame him,
2: you know? I know, but I just yeah, I think about it in terms of He's other sports purest. too. I Well, but you know, I'm American, oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, there's
1: that aspect of it too. Yeah,
2: I hear you. I hear you. Like it's a great. We got a nice uh, stranglehold on this sport here, where we're the official everything in it. It's a global sport, and I think about how it could affect other leagues. Like you could cherry pick NHL players, NBA players, pay them a bunch of money, guaranteed. Well, they can yeah.
1: do that anyway. You know, the KHL could call Connor McDavid and say, we're gonna give you a billion dollars to come play in the league. And they could.
2: Yeah, that's where, but then the, you know, the players unions and issues like that should keep these guys in the box, I feel. And actually I wanted to, um, this is a little segue into a documentary you made uh, a couple of years ago, Big Shot, which Jay and I both grew up in Chicago um, in similar eras. We had the Bulls run. We had the Bears. We had some great kind of uh, generational defining teams. And I wanted to ask you about, you know, why you made that documentary because you were there during that incredible Islanders dynasty, right? And I guess the story. If you talk about John Spano and what the story is, and maybe because it, it was in, it was after that dynasty where Spano came in. So what was I was when I saw it a while ago, I thought this could be a revenge piece that Kevin's trying to. Well,
1: you know, the the way it came about was so, so first of all, yeah. I mean, as Chicago fans, you guys uh, could appreciate it. We have this, there's this monster run, right? And, you know, Long Island is, is always going to be, you know, I'll get crucified for saying this, but the little brother of New York City, right? So for the Islanders to, to reign supreme like that for so long, um, it was a special time for people on Long Island. And then when the wheels came off, my goodness. You never saw wheels come off like this in an organization. They just they just fell apart, you know? Yeah. Um, and here comes this guy who who wants to buy the team. And he runs in the right circles. He's friends with all the right people. But here's a guy with, who's got you know, a couple hundred grand in the bank, walks into Fleet Bank of Boston and takes out an $80 million loan with a fake fax in 1996 or whatever this was. Purchases the team, fires the coach, He's trading guys. He's flying around on the team plane. For four months, he's got this going. And finally, somebody turns around and says, um, excuse me, who are you? Who is this guy? And then they started looking at him, and he was missing payments. And the, the story just went from, from ridiculous to more ridiculous. Um, you know, he owed a, He had to make a payment of, uh, you know, $17 million. And uh, he sent it for 1700 And then called his, you know, his accountant a moron. You know, like, oh, my accountant's a moron. I'll I'll get the rest of that $16 to you. So, um, but, you know, one of the ironic things is that the team was in such bad shape. And this guy renegotiated the cable deal. Right. Which essentially kept the team on Long Island. So while he was doing all those things, he accidentally did something. uh, Something that kept the team on Long Island. But when the you, guys, were, you
2: guys were vulnerable. You would have lost that team. I mean, the stadium's leaking. It's, it was, it was in bad shape. They were ready, and they were ready to go. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, At a time um, when Long Island was differentiating itself from New York. Right. I correct. thought that was correct. Hey, correct. trying to be, you know, you're your own place and that's the one thing that's happening. Like, yeah, that's yeah. It's your own thing. And then it almost went away. So we so he hey, ended up being a savior. I mean, I get—he's not a savior, but yes, I hear that what you
1: saying. That cable deal, the yeah. cable deals did did sort of save it. But you know, when the, the movie came out, um, his boss for his job that he had, because he had he'd, he'd gone to jail for like eight, or, seven or eight years or something. And when the movie came out, his boss is like watching, you know, ESPN watches the movie, and he goes, you know what? Let me just double check this, and he goes back and he starts looking at his books and he realizes that Spano has been stealing from his new employer. And when he oh, went before the judge, the judge said, you know what, enough of you and gave him 10 years. So he's still currently in jail because of the yeah. movie, you know, oh, which oh, obviously you wasn't my intention. You, but you, you sat down
2: with him face oh, to I, face in interview. Oh, I got him down
1: and, and, it, and it pissed people off because nobody could get him for years. They wouldn't talk, but I had to like, I mean, this guy ran me through the ring. I basically had to date this guy for three months to finally get him on camera. <laughs> Um, because he thinks uh, it's going to be
2: a hit piece, but
1: you're just, yeah. Well, I said to I, I, I said to him, I said, Listen, bro, let me explain this to you. I already got paid, I'm making this movie. I'm going to give you a chance to tell your side of the story. And if you are accountable and you poke fun at yourself and you don't take yourself so seriously and you stop lying for your teeth about everything, I promise you they're going to love you. and And they did. He said when he went back to his hometown after the movie came out. He went to his, like, uh, fraternity reunion, and he said he got a standing ovation. He said it was the best feeling I've had in 25 years. Like, all of his college buddies loved it, you know? Um, but, yeah, he was, he was just... A, well, the funny story is, do you know who uh, Nick Santoro is? Nick Santoro, the writer, showrunner. I mean, he's, he's, he's yeah. huge. He's done a bunch of stuff. But he was the director of the movie, and he had c- called me about net being the narrator, and I was like, absolutely, 100%, I'm in. And then when he found out that ESPN didn't indemnify, he quit the movie. And then and then I slipped into the directing spot because so I was like, "Fuck it, it they could sue me. I don't know what's he gonna what's he gonna do, you know?" So because the minute he sits down and, and starts talking and signs the waiver, any any threat of a lawsuit is is obviously gone. But um, yeah, ESPN does not indemnify. it. Like yo, know, if you get in legal trouble with this guy, don't talk to us. You know, wow.
2: so that scared well,
1: they- off the director. Yeah.
2: He got in a lot of legal trouble because he when he got caught, he got busted, he gave the team back. He did right. like a mea Culpa and, and <laughs> instead of holding on and putting it into bankruptcy and you know, maybe he could have fished his way out of it and gotten some funding or something, he, he just came was like up, he had he tried had, to walk away.
1: I think he had like <laughs> <Never> thirty <happened. laughs> I think he had thirty days to raise five million dollars. And if he would have gotten that five million in thirty days, he would have owned the team outright and there would have been nothing that anybody could have done about it now granted oh. the players could have been on strike who knows what could have happened but it would have been
2: officially his team which is crazy yeah, the, the story is incredible especially it, you know when we think of all the fraud the pyramid schemes we're in these days of uh, Fire all those festival and, it, and yeah the the epsteins and the and the different hedge fund stuff that goes on and this guy was like an og but he did it with a sports team he changed, the-
1: he changed the landscape for the, the vetting process for every sport. Of course, yeah. of course it happens in hockey. It's like, my, I know you're a hockey guy. Hockey's my favorite sport. So, of course it happens in hockey, but then it changed the way they did it for everybody. Everybody had to step back and go, okay, sheesh. Lucky that happened to the hockey guys. But that can't happen in the <laughs> NFL or the NBA Bruce, or in the what, MLB. What, what was know?
2: Bruce McNall's deal with the Kings, too? Wasn't there the, a similar? The thing was, Bruce McNall was really rich,
1: though right he really had the money yeah. the thing about big shot was this guy you know con- like convinced people that he had it and he didn't bruce mcdall just got caught up in some other weird thing but he actually had money behind him and i think that's the the biggest difference
0: did did this guy ever call you when he was going back to jail and 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 tell you hey, oh yeah no he you, wanted me to, he wanted me to the pay reason- for
1: his lawyer Wanted me to pay for his lawyer. Oh. I said, what? <laughs> and, and, or his appeal. And I was like, what are you thinking? And he said, 30000 I said, John, f- are you out of your fucking mind? You're, 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 you're extorting um, retirement homes for their linen bills. That's what it was, by the way. Like retirement, you're, like, you're ripping off like, old people. like Retirement homes, you should be ashamed of yourself. And no, I'm not paying. Because you're going to lose the appeal. And you're going to lose the appeal. You have no shot at the appeal. Therefore, I will not be helping you with your legal. Like, it's just so crazy. But As I did a- I did think about, you know, him being in prison and this is, uh, you know, I don't even know if I could do this, but talk about a great podcast. If I could fill up the okay, old canteen okay. and do some yeah. prison interviews and we do a podcast, you know, I mean, what else is he doing, right? <laughs> I did, I reached out to a couple of his buddies. I'm like, look, I'm sure he hates me, but just throw that out there and see if he bites. And if he does, call me. So I
2: don't know. Well, yeah, where is he at now? no it's it, and a little nugget too jay and i have been interviewing a bunch of people that we've known since we were kids on this just bringing up old friends and stuff and it's amazing how formative those relationships are they just happen to you at a young age and then end up coming back around right but in john spano's case he played on the same high school football team as urban meyer right
1: yeah <laughs> urban meyer not available for interviews <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tried, to get, I tried to get him, I tried to get him. And you know, we, we, we flew him out to New York, he's from Cleveland, Ashtabula, Ohio. We flew him out for the interview and we literally had, we had like the Frost-Nixon moment the night before. The room in the, the, room the phone and the hotel rang and I answered it and it spat, and spat on the line and I knew we had a few in him. He's like, I'm not coming, I'm not coming, I can't. I said, John, listen to me very carefully. I was like, I don't know. I thought I was using like the Jedi mind trick. I said, you will be there. You will Got be there. <laughs> <Do more cold>. <laughs> <laughs> Try getting cold feet, all drunk <laughs> 10 o'clock the night before. Oh <clears throat> man. It was pretty wild. That con man And thing. there we were with the cameras and the and the and the and the uh, the sign off form. And it was like, man, this is like so I, I'm like, are, are these cameras rolling anyway to watch him stare? He knows the minute he picks up that pen. You could just hear the relief in the room because he signed the, you know, he signed the form, signed the waiver, the on-camera waiver. It's
2: a, it's a confession,
1: and he was yeah, laughing about basically it. Basically signed a confession. But um, I think it was actually the, a, best, a great look for him. If that would have been the end, you know, he could have had a miniature uh, Jordan Belfort resurgence, right? I mean, like, right. you look at Jordan Belfort, right? I mean, I, you know, I guess when Leo and Scorsese play you in a movie, it changes the perception of you. But this guy's out.
0: Yeah. Paid. Getting paid for tour. Yeah. He's on the lecture circuit now.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. I I've uh run into a couple of con men um in in the independent film uh, finance world. <laughs> uh like and one of they're them was there. like, you know, I mean that they 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 really get you when they're like yeah, you know, I, I got about 300 million I'm working with, and you know, I'm trying to do about 20 movies. And you're like, really? Really? I only need seven. And, um, and you fall for it. And I, I mean, I went down the road for months with this dude, and finally we had lunch, and he goes, Oh, uh, can you, uh, is there any way you can uh, handle valet? I didn't. Didn't have. And I'm like, handle ballet. And then I red like, flag red. Yeah. Flag. Well, that was it. After three, four months of that I'm like, this is not, this is nothing. I mean, what the fuck is going on? So then right. that went away. And another guy I was introduced to, he uh, had oil wells in Oklahoma or somewhere. And he had, he had three or $400 million, you know, and he wanted to get in the movie business. He was a big super troopers fan. He called me from one of the oil wells. I could hear some machinery in the background sound and design, that was, yeah, sound I design. Mean, it was, it was a total fraud. I mean, a total fucking fraud. He didn't have a goddamn scent. And he's was turning like, on fake why? equipment,
1: turn on the machines. Turn on the I'm like,
0: why would you, why would you do it? And I know they do it because they just want to be close to, you know, right. celebrity. They want to be yeah. close to it. And they're like, maybe I can pull it off. Like once they, they're like, okay, now I'm, I can, if I can, and they're running around trying to finance this movie. And my brother-in-law calls me and goes, you know, this guy. And I'm like, and he's in finance. My brother-in-law's in like mortgage, uh, like, uh, commercial real estate. Um, and he goes there's a guy out on the on the street trying to raise money off your movie i'm like what uh and it's this fucking oil man and i'm like oh boy hey, listen uh, there are times
1: because you know you're always trying to raise money in some capacity for whatever it's for yeah. right and and uh recently a few weeks ago we had this great meeting with this guy i was gonna do all these things and um after the meeting, me and my me and my buddy walk out, and we're like walking. There's no we're saying anything. We're like kind of nodding at each other, and we're getting in the car. And we're we got in the car, and I said, "Isn't it crazy how, if we took this meeting two years ago, we would be like stopping for a bottle of Cristal, the pop, champagne, and toast this, and instead, we didn't say anything, because until that money lands, or until yeah. that wire is sent, yeah, yeah. or until that check <clears throat> lands, or until somebody starts paying, you just you, you can't. You're setting yourself up for disappointment."
2: That's right, yeah. And they, they come so close, you know, whether it's a big securities issue or financing movies, there's just this one moment where you can pull it off and then it just came up snake eyes and that's how they get busted on it. The yeah. the documentary on the Fry Festival was, there's Amazing. a world where that's the Amazing. next Coachella, you know, <laughs> like you don't know.
1: Listen, and, and I, I think that this guy's gonna obviously end up paying everybody back. I th- I believe when I watch those festivals, I believe that he really believed that he was going to pull it off. Right now, it doesn't make sure. it right, but I think stay the course. I think he was doing the stay the course, like it'll work out. This is not going to be the greatest one, but next year will be better. I-, I don't think he sat out to rip those people off. No, he's got to think-
2: believe it. He's got just like right. Elon Musk sitting in a room being like, we're going to land a-, a rocket on Mars. Right. People are like, okay, she seems pretty convinced by it. Maybe we should all do it. (laughs) Yeah, the other thing, too, I I always say say about
1: financiers, you know, when people are like, oh, this guy's got so much money, $3 million is nothing to him. And I'm like, stop saying that. $3 million is $3 million. It's a lot of money. And if they have money, then they're smart enough not to just throw $3 million out the window. You know, oh, he's got 100 million. I'm like, well, if, I had a, if you had 100 bucks, would you give 3 of it to a complete stranger that you don't know? Well, that's know? the house
2: of cards cuz 3 million in real cash is the 3 million that's allowing him to make payments on all the other bank loans that he has. So right. it's, it's it's not just it the simple as simple writing the yeah. Check. yeah.
0: And and the fire festival, I agree. I watched both those documentaries. Um and they were both so so exciting. I watched them I mean, the same day. I couldn't yeah, get enough. So I wanted, I wanted
1: yeah. the third network to take a crack at her. Uh, and,
0: and, and to be fair, like when I first made my first feature film, Puddle Cruiser, my producer was like, we're going to run out of money at the two and a half week point of four weeks. And I'm like, yeah, we're going, we're going. And so, <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure so it out. Right. We were, we reached the two and a half week point and he goes, we're out of film. And I'm like, Okay. Let me get on the phone. And so the fucking morning of that that, that next production day, I'm just like, kong, 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 kong. and I and I got it fucking done. And I, I raised another, I don't know, 100, like not 100 grand. like Just the, enough to keep going, right? Just enough yeah. to keep going. And then we got to the next week and we got to the next week and we finished it. Uh, right. And at the end, I ended up putting $65,000 on credit cards because uh, the credit card company... Kept sending me these offers that would say Doctor Chandra Sekar, and I'm like, and I'd sign them up and max them out, and then they call me. And they're like, "You're not a doctor, are you?" And I'm like, huh, "I'm not. It's a little racist that you thought so." Uh, and uh, <laughs> It's true. Though, right? You just in assumed I was case, a doctor. Right. In any case, <laughs> we got the film done. So I, I mean, I sympathize with this fire festival guy because I mean, you know, you know, I was like, "Well, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen." And he then, was waiting on happened. a miracle that he was waiting yeah. on a
1: miracle that just didn't happen, but I don't think he set out to do it. But man, they threw the book at him. He did he did time, bro. He yeah.
0: was he was yeah, away he and
1: and watched uh, by the way I would love to go to the to the to the new festival. I I'm, I'm not going to lie. I mean, they, he's going to get it right this time. The story is not over, watch. You,
0: mean, you would get get on a plane?
1: plane. I I I mean, of course I can't make it to the golf course. I, I I'm speaking figure <laughs> right. I can't go. No. No, I'm not actually like, going no to the way Fire he Festival. Can mess this but one the, up. it's like my spirit, I'll be there in spirit because I think he pulls off round two.
0: I would love to see the next documentary of you stranded at the Fire Festival, that's
1: what I'm saying. storming I'm around
0: kidding. like, get me out of here. I, I have
1: an anxiety attack at Coachella. You're going to put me on an island with uh, that's, you know, no way, no chance.
2: It's incredible. You were talking about Spano being in prison and those two years that he spent. I know that uh, part of your, your podcast series, I don't know if you did this as a one-off, but we overlapped with actually all of us know him with the Ryan Leaf story right? Um, and his incredible, you know, both fall from grace, but then the way he's rebuilt his life and the stuff that he's done. And so right. you took that as a, as a you made it into like an eight episode series breaking down his whole story.
1: Yeah, we did. We did a one-off, but this, this is, you know, you hear all this talk of like uh, oh yeah, deals on the golf course. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I've not been successful <laughs> with deals on a golf course. It's, I mean, it's not really why I'm there. Maybe I should do it a little bit more, but um, Ryan was talking to me and this was at the, at the height of COVID and, and he was kind of pitching that. idea. Yeah, I knew, I knew who Ryan was. I, I, I like Ryan. He's, um, He's just—he's just, he's just uh, an admittedly imperfect human being, and to me, it just makes me laugh. It's like yeah. he hits a golf shot and and he misses it, and he's like so mad. I'm like Ryan, it's six fifty, bro. The day has—it's still dark out. <laughs> There's no one here. Hit another one. But he yeah. always made me laugh. He's always like—he's so competitive. Like I just—I don't know. I—I—I I, I, I took a liking to him right away but he's pitching it to me, and and I, you know, I was listening, but. I'm quite literally standing over a pot, and I said, "What do you want to call it?" And he was like, "Bust." And I was like, uh, "Let's let's go, let's go." And I, I literally, <laughs> by the way, I, I use the expression "greenlit" loosely, but for something like that, I was able to say, "Dude, let's do it." Who's your? Yeah. Give me your lawyer's name, and and we were able to to. Uh, put, did you ever listen to it? You should you should check it out. It's it's pretty cool. Well, it's a real.
2: You know, in some ways, I I lived it because I. Before Ryan had made a kind of a reemergence into the public eye, I tracked him down and um, I sat with him and I went to his transcend uh, rehab facilities that he's part right. of. And I just was curious to see where he was at in his life. And this is before he kind of came back and was commenting on college football and right. having all these different. Um,
0: and uh, and hey, the, Hayes, I don't mean to interrupt, but the reason you did this is because you were a you're, you know, six four college quarterback, and you were c- contemplating playing him in the Ryan Lee story, correct? Well, yeah. I mean, so Ryan was my
2: guy. You know, sometimes you come up with athletes at the same time you're playing a sport, and, and yeah. they're doing it maybe a, a, under a bigger spotlight. And so, you know, I wanted his face mask. It was the longer cage that went down under the chin. And, and right. I was hedging bets at that time. I was putting my money on on Ryan. As and was then I hadn't thought of him. I hadn't thought of him in – years you know 15 20 years and i was having like a you know a less than stellar experience in my life and i just thought god what you know did the, the the parallel story kind of um tripped in my head and i got to know him uh right when he got together with his wife and he he had his kid uh which is one of the best names for a, a child macgyver ever, i think yeah, yeah. It was- <laughs> MacGyver.
1: i went to macgyver's birthday party i took my uh, kid to macgyver's birthday party yeah
2: the story I know of how he got the name is that his he sits down with his wife and his mom and his wife likes the name MacGyver and the mom's like we can't name it MacGyver <laughs> Ryan's caught in this Sophie's Choice and he's like we're gonna name him MacGyver.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, you should start see this how, marriage off. You on should the wrong see court. how big this kid is already.
0: Oh, you know sure. because
1: you know Ryan's wife is a volleyball player. You know yeah. I mean, this kid is going to be a monster. He's Yeah, I've seen 67. I've
2: seen MacGyver when he sits him down on the podcast sometimes and interviews hey. him. It's really it's incredible <laughs> but so i went to um another great title bust being one but i think the hometown that he grew up with in montana is even uh, a more apt title it's called great falls. great falls and when you go there it's a small town and uh i was sitting down i was talking to his mom and, and jay i'd love we gotta you guys all know him. we gotta have him on this to get oh, yeah. oh he's a great guest yeah he's yeah a great Um, But one of the things his mom told me about growing up in a small town, I was like, where did he get his, like, where does he get this kind of FU energy from? Like, what was it that drove him to be uh, destructive in in a lot of ways? And the normal thinking is that he was a bully, right? That's a mentality that comes with a bully. But the way the mom told me, which is only really kind of an empathetic way that a mom would have on their son, is she said the town bullied him. Because it was a very small place, it was a humble um, culture, and it was all about head down. And this guy's a superstar, slam dunking a basketball in this tiny gym, like a gym from the movie Hoosiers. And his own high school, Great Falls, is booing him. Yeah, well, he did the Kobe
1: Bryant airplane. He like hook dunked it, and then like did the Kobe Bryant airplane move. I mean, he did. You know what? Uh, which I was, and 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 I think honestly, it's more of a competitive thing. So obviously when he was he was quarterback in high school and he would show up at the at the, the B team scrimmage and play defensive back <laughs> and not let anybody catch passes. <laughs> he said I'll only play defense. I promise I'll only play defense and I'll right. play defensive back. And he would just not let a quarterback complete a pass just because he wanted them to know that to forget it that he was the he guy for that, the foreseeable yeah. future. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, they, it, Ryan said. He said, um, in in the town that was this small, um, he they did when they did the um the Heisman voting, he finished third in his whole, he finished last in, in in the poll, in his hometown poll.
2: Right? Yeah, like, it's really an odd phenomenon. I think part of it is because he went to Washington State and he didn't stick around in Montana. Right. And that was Oh, they it. turned on him
1: big time. They turned and, on him. And yeah, he yeah, the made local mistakes paper too. I'll tell you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he
2: made mistakes
1: that, you know, that, that, you know, he, he just wasn't, you know, you do have to kind of throw your arms open and you have to embrace your hometown. And I think he felt that they've been against him from the beginning. So when he did take off, his initial instinct was to F you and, and, and that's it, you know, but he, the, like, he was pretty. He was, had his moments back there with people,
2: you know? Well, the other thing that has just timeline of his life timed up with so incredibly is the opioid crisis. Cause it wasn't like, correct me if I'm wrong, he wasn't using the pills while he was playing. It was after Well, you know, done.
1: the opioids are, are for acute pain, right? So if you blow out your knee and you take it, it will kind of go there, right? It's when you take it socially. So he said he had always taken uh, painkillers for surgeries. He said it was the first time that he did it socially that it changed the landscape because he didn't feel, you know, he, he tells the story and, uh, you know, I, I, wanna, I don't wanna tell the whole thing, so he's got something to tell you guys about. But you know, um, the HBO fights, how they, they, you know, it's like the trade-off for getting the tickets. They're gonna call your name and they're gonna put you on camera. And it's like, it's like Tiger Woods, the place goes crazy and going through all the thing. And they say Ryan Leaf and he said 18,000 people booed me I'm like sitting there I didn't do it he's like he said And when you're a player you have like armor you love it you got the shoulder pads on you got your helmet but when I'm sitting there and he said that night somebody said offered him a Viking and that's that was it that was it he also said that you know what he would do was and this is what he ended up getting in trouble for he would go to uh, open houses right and he would walk through and he said nine out of if nine out of ten houses will have pills in them i said come on seven six out of ten houses nine out of ten houses will have something if you let they let you go like oh let me check out the bathroom and you and you walk in you start rifling through he said nine
0: out of ten houses would have it which i found you know that could be a crisis yeah
2: and they were always in the same place master bathroom in the cabinet
0: when I moved out to L.A., I was running a little hard. I was doing, you know, a fair bit of ecstasy. And um, I was hanging out with these really great people. And Which we- I would have
2: loved to see you in a happier mood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, we, you know, we were playing a lot of ping pong and just, you know, snorting lines of ecstasy off the ping pong table. It was, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful time. Uh, but, the, but I would constantly look in my medicine cabinet after I'd have people over and shit would be just shuffled around. Like there were, right. somebody was going through it and I had a sense of who I thought it was. And so I wrote her a note and I put a little note next to my pharmaceuticals and I said, Jennifer, no. And and I'm like, let's see what happens now. And she walks up, she goes, what the hell is this? And I'm What's like- What's it supposed to mean? I'm like, yeah. well, you found it. And she goes, it wasn't me. I'm like, you found it. She goes, well, I mean, and she goes, you don't have any ecstasy, do you? And I'm like, see, see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I man. do have some, Jennifer. I do happen to have some. Okay. <laughs> I, I tore my pectoral
2: muscle, uh, not in a cool way. I was doing a stunt insert, not even a stunt on a TV show. An insert. <laughs> I, an insert. Just like, hey, grab onto this pole and and spin around. And I tried to to it, it, you know, to really commit. And it just went... Pfft. Like just like a piece of velcro it, it tore off my shoulder oh. and i ended up having to have surgery to get it reattached and this was right at the beginning of when we were realizing how like these pills were over prescribed and they were out there and just how they were um like all over medicine and the guy who did my surgery um gave me literally at the end of it a tennis ball can of the oxycotton pills and he said you know you might want to take these because you're going to be really hard to get soon and it, there was is there very heavy duty to oxycontin like yes. yeah it was it was a sprint to the finish where they were doling them out knowing that the stuff was going to start getting regulated more I, you know it was yeah that it was a wild ass it was essentially the entire nation addicted to heroin at the same time that all the jobs went overseas <laughs> like, did you Finish the can. How many you got left? <laughs> <laughs> I was really generous with them for a while, but they made me. I like to enjoy a couple cocktails, and I uh, there's a certain point where they don't mix well. I, like you get no, really they don't nauseous, well. you get really sick. So uh, you know, I chose the the lesser of the two evils. Good idea. So good I had idea. To keep cocktailing and get I rid of the, the pills. Same it reaction. wasn't my thing. It wasn't yeah. my thing. <laughs> I would
0: always forget that I took it, and then I'm like, "Oh, how many drinks can I have now?" And I'm like, "I just think I like alcohol. I like drinking more than I like that kind of drugging." I think at the end of the day, and yeah. so I just, I just never. Got, and I was like, "Nah, it's not for me." Absolutely. The
1: other thing, Jay, like in the days that you're talking about, and I, I remember those days too, when it was ecstasy which is different than I guess what Molly would be now. Ecstasy yeah. was like cut with some weird shit, right? If you took yeah. a, some kind of strange ecstasy that you didn't know, you'd be like, oh my God, It just that kind of, I don't know. It's, it's, those drugs can be dirty, man. And how people are doing it today, I saw these kids at a party, right? And it was a holiday party. And I saw them, by the way, blatantly snorting something off of a table. And I was like, wow, these kids aren't shy over here. What are they doing? And I said, what are you doing over there? He said, uh, we're, we're snorting Adderall. And I was like, yeah. wow, that's dark. I said, why? And he said, it's safer. And I was like, yeah. holy shit, I hadn't really thought about that, right? I mean, <laughs> if they were going to buy cocaine, who knows where they're getting it from. At least Adderall is from their doctor, and they know what it is that they're putting in their body, however crazy that might sound. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, it's just a... Uh, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad that those stays are behind me, <laughs> me too. Uh, that's for sure
2: you know it's like that's the urban those sometimes those urban myths and and they're true but they're real deterrents because you don't want to be the one that
1: right the luck i have right i'll be that guy exactly
2: it's so terrifying
1: should we vouch Hayes?
2: yeah so well i'll leave you to give the pitch of what the vouch vault is uh to kevin um
1: i checked it out it's pretty cool it's
2: thanks, had buddy. me thinking
1: a lot <laughs> about what that word even means. Yeah. When know? Jay
2: first told me about it, I was like, ah, what, what is what is just making a list of stuff. You're yeah, I don't get and now I'm kind of into it. And right. when, I, when I see something, I'm like, oh, cool, I'll share it. And It's like random stuff, you know?
0: Right. Well, it's it's like if you go to like, you know, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's a it's a, a an app. It's like a I kind of describe it as Instagram of recommendations or sort of like a Pinterest kind of thing. And whatever you love, you put into this little app, and so and you hashtag Sun Valley, Idaho, and so you know, and so if you if you're visiting Sun Valley, Idaho, you know all the restaurants I like there, and all the hikes I like there, and all the fishing I like there, and you can see so you kind and you know it, you believe it because it's from somebody you know. Ideally, I mean it's it's best when it's friends who who you know. It's a version of replacing that sort of text chain where it's like. I like this restaurant. I like this sushi in L.A. I like this burger in L.A. and this one in Chicago. And you kind of go, OK, got it. Um, so uh, on this show, we'd like to vouch for uh, uh, one thing. Uh, you want to go first, Haze? Are you ready? Or um, Yeah, I'll tell you a safe place to get Adderall, guys. That's <laughs> what I'm going to vouch
2: for. Vouch <laughs> for No. Uh, we were talking about golf earlier. I got a new driver. Summer summer's coming up. I've never been into golf technology because I don't think my swing's been dialed in enough to have it make a bit of a difference. But TaylorMade has made a stealth driver. Um, and I guess the way I was sold on it from a friend, he told me, you know, most drivers, the big technology was titanium. It's this, it's that, and this has got a carbon sweet spot. Yeah. So it's a different right. type of amount and it really helps. And it's super fun to, to hit. So, i just All right, so you're vouching, for the, I'm,
0: I'm bouncing, I'm vouching for, for the new driver. I'm bouncing for a new golf driver, guys. I hit that driver and it felt like my drives went about like 15 to 25 yards longer. Um, yeah. I was That's a lot. really, yeah, it is. It is. And, and, and the, I'm, sa-
2: the sound is different
0: too. Yeah. You, yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know why I didn't buy it. I guess I, I'm a real late adopter of technology. Like, I kind of just stick my head in the sand and I'm like, it'll go away. Like I didn't get on Twitter because I felt it was frivolous named the name of it was frivolous. Uh, And then I saw, you know, I said this before there are, plenty of comics who have done less than I have, but have a million followers and I'm still sitting there at 30,000. And I'm like, oh, I'm such an idiot. And same with AI. I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm just, it's going to go away. I'm not going to do it. Uh, and I know that's a dumb approach, but this driver, I right. tried it. I'm like, yeah, it's good. But the carbon probably wears out. Anyway, I'm going to try to stop being such a, such a uh, Luddite. Um, yeah. You're not Lona, you're old school. I'm old school, I'm old school. Right,
1: you're saying if you would have jumped on that Twitter bandwagon early, right, when it was happening and it was building, you would have your 800,000 or a million followers or whatever it was, right?
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And so... It's true. I don't know what to say about me. I'm just that way. (laughs) 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 Uh, I'm going to vouch for this... um, it's a song by this guy, Sanford Clark. And it's, and it's, it, the song is, it ain't nothing to me. And th- it's this, one of these, I'm a big Outlaw country fan. It's one of these like, cl- like wonderful song stories. It's about a guy sitting at a bar and there's a really hot woman sitting with like a, you know, a tough looking uh, uh, dude at the bar. And the guy, the guy who's telling the story is he, you know, he's watching a, another guy, as soon as the tough guy gets up and goes to the bathroom, this other guy goes and sits next to this hot woman. Uh, and, and the, the narrator who's the watching it all is like, you know, he, 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 he's, you know, the guy comes kind of moving in and out trying to hit on this woman. And the guy's like, I, I," you know, the narrator's like, I would be a little careful about that. I don't think that's the right. You don't want to be hitting on that woman. And the, and the, and the, the guy who's hitting on the woman goes, it ain't nothing to you. And the guy goes, yeah, you're right. It ain't nothing to me. You're right. Uh, And he goes and starts hitting on the woman again. And then the dude comes back from the bathroom and he puts a bullet in the dude and he's laying on the floor. And the narrator's like, yeah, you're right. It ain't nothing to me. And it's just such a classic, you know, wonderful uh, Western tale. Uh, and this guy, Stanford Clark, is so. It's just such a great song.
2: That's what's so great about those those songs. It's hard when I try to get my kids hip to them because they're used to hearing like the hooks and they want the song. Yeah. But when you're like, no, you got to listen to it. The, they're they're storytellers. This is right. like a whole five minute story. The, the yeah. Song, uh, get in the truck by Hardy right now. Have you heard that about uh-uh. the guy who he happens upon a a woman who's been beat up by her husband on the road and he picks her up. And he ends up going to the guys, uh, going to the house and, uh, and killing him. <laughs> <That's all. laughs> and the story takes you all the way through the story, uh, all the way through the ending when he, he's in jail and the woman comes and visits him in jail and thanks him. It's like a five minute song. But yeah. I movie, mean, it, you know?
0: it, in a, in a way it's, it's no different than what Biggie Smalls and uh, Snoop Dogg did in gangster rap. It's the same kind of, you know, guns and sex and, and stories, you know, they were, they were, right. you know, some of these songs were just, you know, it, the same thing. Yeah. It's I mean, like, if you, if you
1: look at the Snoop uh, song, Snoop did murder was the case.
0: Yeah. That yeah, was like a, yeah.
1: that was like a story. I mean, they, they yeah. made a music video out of it. That was, you know, 20 minutes long or something. It's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I got something to vouch for. I got yeah. something I want to vouch for. So there is a documentary um, on Apple called still by Davis Guggenheim. And it's about Michael J. Fox. And it is so well done. So well done. And if you, you know, growing up, like, it, it sort of at my, my age range, Michael J. Fox was, you know, this guy. But he he, he talks. It, it's it's such an incredible story to listen to Michael J. Fox tell a story. But from a filmmaking standpoint, you'll love it. They, they are telling the story, and they don't have the archival. So they use shots, uh, sort of ambiguous shots from his movies coming up. So reaction shots, they'll take and they put it all together, and it's and it's really, really, really well done. And I highly recommend if you're a Michael J. Fox fan or even a, a fan of the industry checking it out.
0: And he People are like, oh, it's
1: so sad, and it is, it is sad, yeah, but
0: yeah. it's honest and it's a good film. And he can't keep his his body still anymore. Is that the is that the source of that title?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's you know he's he breaks bones, you know, it's oh. just he falls down. Oh. It's um. But it's he's still there, you know, and it's and yeah. it's worth it's worth a watch. I, I highly recommend it. I know he's
2: been on the forefront of moving the needle on it, the treatment of right. Parkinson's. Is it going to yeah. any of that?
1: Yeah, he, he talks about he talks about it a lot, but it, you know, Fair he also you. talks about doing Family Ties during the day, getting picked up by a Warner Brothers teamster doing, uh, or, or whoever it is, Universal doing Back to the Future all night, and then them dropping him off back on the all set right. for Family Ties. And he did it for like three and a half months. And there was one point where Back to the Future was the number one movie, and Teen Wolf was the number two movie in the country. And he was on Family Ties, which is the number one show. Wow! And this is like, wow. it's just like a, a, a five foot six kid from Canada that yeah. kind of moved out and sort of became this mega star. And um, in the way his wife, I mean, it's, I mean, it is there is an element of, yeah, of course it's sad, of course it is, but it's definitely worth watching. You should check it out
0: um Kevin you you uh when I told you about this uh on text uh a, a week ago you 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 mentioned uh another documentary on Apple Chimp uh, Empire that's
1: Netflix have you seen it
0: oh on Netflix chimp Empire so I went and watched the first one and wow I I, I found myself feeling like look uh, th- th- these these they're orangutans right right I mean right. it's the closest yeah, it's living in ninety eight percent of the DNA we share, and you can see their fingernails and the and the and they communicate and they're and you're like um you I felt like emotionally sad because I'm like, are we gonna kill all these fucking orangutans? Like I mean that's not what the show's about, but you're like right, we got to keep their habitat intact, and which you know. It, it, it's a, it's a, an, but that's not, it's not a sad documentary, but in the opening scene or opening episode, these orangutans are basically super territorial. And the dude orangutans will, they'll go in a big group and they'll range around the border of their territory. And if any orangutans from the other territory come in, they'll make a decision on whether to attack or retreat. And, and it's this incredible, I mean, and, and, you know, if somebody goes across the line, they're going to they're going to get beat down. Right. And one of the one of the orangutans is like they go to the border and he's like, I'm just going to head back on my own. Right. And on the way back, they find him. He's been killed. By another group of orangutans that secretly snuck in and just wasted this dude, and then they 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 escaped. And you see these women coming over and they're looking at him, and everyone's real sad. And you're like, oh, it's so sad. This poor guy. He's not even a tough guy. He was just going along with the dudes, trying to like, yeah, I can do this too. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, he's like, I'm out of here. It's bored, and he gets killed. And and. And the orangutans are, they're all kind of thinking about it. And, you know, they're, you can tell they're kind of a little pissed off. And then, and then suddenly they look up one by one, they all looking up. And they're not, they're not orangutans up there, but there are these monkeys, right? And they're like, ah! Oh! and they just start climbing up these trees. And these monkeys are like trying to get away. And these orangutans, as we found out in the first episode, eat monkeys uh a couple of days a week. And they rip this monk, they take monkeys down. They're ah, they're tearing them apart. And then they get together and they're sh- they're ripping meat off and sharing and ah, rah, 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 and everyone's getting a little piece of monkey meat and you're like, whoa. I mean, yeah. whoa. Well it's like they're hunter-gatherers, right? And all they yeah. do
1: is hunt, gather, and protect their their territory. And you go, there's just nothing else going on. Right? They're right. not Hey, yep. what time does that game start? You know what I mean. Think about all the distractions right. that we have, and there's something about what well, I, I find like watching Chim Pepper. I'm like, wow, this is just the basics. Everybody yeah. needs to eat, and but it's, Jay, it does go into that where there's the alpha, there's the head right. guy, right? There's the head, yes. you know, orangutan. And then there's the guy that kind of thinks maybe he should be, but he hasn't uh-huh. made his move yet, right? Yeah, everybody's got their sort of role. It's crazy how close they are to us.
0: Yeah, and the yeah. way to Move up, and is to make alliances. And the way to make alliances is to groom other men, other like other apes. You just kind of get all their bugs out and eat them, and ah, get all your bugs out. And you become but you like, and you see like an orangutan go up to it, like a like a strong like the, the the guy who's the challenger goes up to like effectively the enforcer. So there's the right. a orangutan, the alpha. He's got an enforcer, and then there's a the guy who's trying to become the alpha. The guy who's trying to become the alpha goes and hangs out with the enforcer and he's kind of grooming him and he's grooming him and then the enforcer just walks away he's like yeah fuck off uh and now he's left alone and you're like oh like it doesn't there's necessarily clear, work out
1: there's a very clear power chain though
0: yeah you're right the, the you got
1: the guy who thinks he can be the alpha's like I'll, I'll buddy up with it's like a mob hit it's like i'll buddy yeah. up with the enforcer we'll get rid of this guy we'll take over mm-hmm. you know it's uh mm-hmm. but it's right. really there's something soothing about it and and I thought it would be something interesting to watch with my daughter until they started eating the other ape. And I was like, all right, maybe we'll go back to Bluey. Maybe
2: we'll go back to Bluey. That's an incredible way to form an alliance. Next time I'm at a cowboy bar, I'm gonna try that. If there's a bunch of tough guys around, I'm gonna size up the toughest guy in there and I'm just gonna go start fixing his Buy hair and crimping him I'm like, oh like, yeah, my Brush this a little lint out? off <laughs> the shoulder. Hey, buddy, you got something between your teeth? <laughs> I do you, sure? you walking around like fun. that.
0: Start shining his cowboy boots and be like,
2: is this working? We're going to be friends.
0: <laughs> but you're right. It does seem like a very, I don't know. I don't know how you stay entertained. I mean, obviously, there are lots of women around and they're clearly having sex and babies and there's all just, that. But, but
1: there's nothing happening at all. There's nothing happening. They're just sitting there waiting and you for have somebody just to your attack territory. them or to get food. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Well, that's why they, they jerk off so much, right? It's part of just once you get your uh, needs met and you're yeah. filling your time. That's that I might be
0: episode see. two. I, they didn't cover that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they really deep dive that toward towards the close of the season.
2: Hey, you're showing that to your kid, you're like, oh,
1: I'm not really. <laughs> Let's go back to Coco Melon. I think it's time Stick for Coco Melon. the jungle Mellon. book, man. Right, right,
0: right. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for being on this the show. This great this is we great thank you guys it. very
1: much and and i really think this is a good idea man this uh the vouch thing
0: oh, oh it's pretty appreciate cool that. it's like hey these I are my spots that. these are um, my spots
1: this is like oh, yeah. i can fill out a whole page i i just got going with one i got 10 but we'll save it for another
0: time yeah right. well when you sign up uh you know i'll get you verified i got that kind of pull oh i love it i love it all right <laughs> sounds good
1: all right fellas have a good
0: one all right and thank you care. appreciate it. it see you guys <laughs> mustache tails Yeah